It's not even Pokemon colon Detective Pikachu. No. It's just Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Or like Detective Pikachu, a Pokemon movie. Or Pokemon Presents Detective Pikachu. Right. <laughs> Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. Alright, here we go. You guys wanna hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. Alright, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be discussing the new film in the Pokemon universe, Detective Pikachu. But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, what is your favorite Pokemon? I'm Lucas Wright, a designer from Chicago. And my favorite Pokemon, which I only know from Super Smash Brothers, is Jigglypuff. I think it's a very fun name. I think it's a very cool, just uh, a character that just kind of hangs out a lot. So I'm assuming. I have no idea what it actually does. (laughs) Well, I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And Lucas, we're twins because my favorite Pokemon is also Jigglypuff. What? Yes. I like it because it's like very pink and femme and like... Yeah. Its power is that it can sing and make people fall asleep. (laughs) Is that a power? Is that a good thing? (laughs) Well, it can be helpful in a battle situation. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I relate to it and I'm a fan. It feels like a very relaxed type Pokemon to me. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's just like, it's a fairy type. Like literally, like there are categories and its category is fairy. Okay. I don't know. It just seems ready to go. Ready for me. All right. I think you're going to teach me a lot about Pokemon in this uh, in this episode. Oh, I surely I'm not. <laughs> okay. Well, before we talk more about Pokemon, Lucas, I want to know, what are you feeling this week? All right. This week, I am feeling a movie that I should have seen a very long time ago and that I just haven't gotten around to seeing. Um, I finally watched Richard Curtis's movie About Time. My heart is so full right now. <laughs> Continue. I... I love Richard Curtis. Um, I love all of his movies. They're all fantastic. Um, the only ones that I hadn't seen are this one and Pirate Radio. Um, and so as we're waiting for yesterday to come out this summer, um, I was like, let's let's do it. It's on Netflix. I, I want to finally see this movie. Sat down and watched it. Um, cried the whole time. It is yeah. a beautiful movie. Absolutely tremendous. One of the things that I think Richard Curtis does really well is... Um, Upsets your expectations, but not in like twisty ways. Um, he's not someone who writes in a lot of twists to his movies, but they're more just like you think the movie's going one way and it goes in whole other directions that are delightful and very character driven. Um, and by the end of it, you are exactly where you should have been. And where you, if you look back at the movie, this is the perfect place to be, but it's not something that's expected. I feel like a lot of this movie is set up um, in a certain way. If you watch the trailer, it feels very rom-com with Dumbo Gleason and Rachel McAdams. Um, but there's a lot more just about love and family um, and what it means to actually you know, enjoy life. This is very much like a... Uh, a wonderful life type movie where at the end of it, that is kind of the feeling that you get of just life is beautiful and everything is love and all of this stuff. And, um, uh, I forgot, I, I forgot about it's a time travel movie. Um, I don't think that's a spoiler at all. I think it's very much like 
part of the thing. I didn't know it, though, going oh, into it. Wow. So f- I think like five minutes in when they start talking about time travel, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going in a completely different direction than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Um, but it's not used in, I think, the like traditional time travel ways. This isn't a movie about time travel. Time travel is just an element that appears in this movie, um, which I think is really fun. They don't go into details explaining the rules. Like one of the things that we talked about in Endgame um, last time is just how much is involved in time travel. And right. the less you say about it and the less you kind of actually do with time travel, the less I think I think the more you get to focus on other parts of the movie, um, which I think was really, really brilliant here. Um, Yeah, it's not a movie about, it's not so much about time travel, but it is about time. Yes. And like what time means to us as human beings. Yes. Um, I'm so fascinated that you didn't know the premise of this movie (laughs) before you started watching it. I probably did at some point when it came out. Right. But but as soon as it started, I was like, oh, oh, this is not at all what I was expecting. Right. I love this movie so much. It might be my favorite Richard Curtis movie. I, I think it's so beautiful. Lucas, I watched this movie in a theater with a group of people. I was, like, very emotional during all of it. I was in love with the movie. And then the movie ended, and all of my friends, like, stood up to, like, oh, what a great movie. Let's leave now. And for some reason, that was the moment where the tears hit, and I just <laughs> sat in my seat and bawled. Like, hardcore sobbed. Yeah. Well, everyone else yep. was like getting ready to go. <laughs> it was just like this. It was a moment where, like, oh, you really had something with this movie that the rest of us didn't. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That movie's so good. Donald Gleason is like at Ugh. his peak, I think, yep. in this movie. This has been a real big Bill Nighy week for you. I um, know. <laughs> Bill Nighy is really wonderful in it. Um, you even have like um, Margot Robbie is in that movie before she became like a big star. Yeah, I feel like you get a a, a bunch of fun actors, actors and actresses who like not are new, but like at that time weren't famous at all, yeah. um, and now are really big. Um, yeah, like Margot Robbie, um, Vanessa Kirby is in it. Those might be the two that I was thinking of, sure. but <laughs> yeah, I feel. But well, there are there are some other just like. Um, like British character actors like Joshua McGuire and Tom Hollander who are in it, right. um, Lindsay Duncan, who are just amazing, but like they're not massive stars. But sure. everybody in this is doing just a fantastic job and just yeah. so lovely. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to really spoil what makes this film so special. Yeah. But one of like the fun things that I love about it is, you know, as a fan of rom-coms, a movie with time travel, I, one of the best parts of a rom-com is the meet-cute. And a re- movie with time travel in it means you get to have several meet-cutes. Like, you yes. just get to have these characters meet each other over and over again in different ways. Yep. And, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better. Like, Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really fantastic. And they're not stereotypical meet-cutes either. It's not like he's going back and, um, you know, doing these same, these traditional things that you'd normally see. Like, they're very, very fun to watch. Yes. Oh, they're, it's, it's so good. I'm so happy for you and glad that you watched this movie. <laughs> the best part about it being on Netflix is I was able to, as soon as it was over, go back and watch like the last like 30 minutes again. Just, yeah. <laughs> just oh. immediately just went back and did it again. It's so great. Like I said, I'm so happy for you, Lucas. I'm glad that you watched this movie that I adore so much. 
Um, you don't know what I'm feeling this week, Lucas. I want I don't. you to try to kind of guess what I'm feeling this week. You want me to guess what you're feeling this yes. week? Yes, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna help you out. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> what is like one of my favorite types of stories? Like like rom rom coms. Okay, romances, so after rom coms, what what is another type? Think, just think, think. What what type you of like, stories does Sandra always love? It's something you and I share. Oh. Oh, we share. Oh, I was yeah. going to say like teen romance stuff. No, um, you, and I, you and I both really like these kind of movies. We love action movies. We love adventure <laughs> movies. I feel like I'm getting off on the wrong. Oh, Lucas. Come um, on. You got oh, this. Oh, uh, heist films. Yes. Oh, okay. 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 I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on thieves. it. Uh, yes, th- yes. Thieves. Um, cons. cons. Okay, um, great. Yes. Yes. That got, kind of genre. That. Okay. Yes. Now, who is? My favorite actress. Your favorite actress is Anne Hathaway. We talked about this. Oh right. my goodness. So what do you think I'm oh, feeling this week? Yes, you are feeling the hustle. <laughs> I am feeling the hustle so hard. Okay. Oh man. Now Lucas, when the hustle yes. trailer came out, I yes. think both you and I had like some mixed feelings about it, right? Like we love I would definitely say skeptical. I yeah, you were, yeah. You, love, were, you were pretty skeptical. I was pretty skeptical, but I wanted it to be good. Right. We but we both love like scammers, con artists, thieves, mm-hmm. heists, those kind of things, right? Yes. And um, I love Anne Hathaway. I think you respect Anne Hathaway, right? I, I love Anne Hathaway. Okay, Anne great, Hathaway's great. amazing. Perfect. So we both wanted it to be good. I had probably higher hopes than you did. True. Um, you were a little bit skeptical from the trailer, which I mm-hmm. completely understand. Because I, I don't think the trailer is like a super, like it, it doesn't induce a lot of confidence. No. Um. I'm here to tell you, Lucas, that the hustle is good. Okay? Yes. It's good. Now, there is a lot of goofy Rebel Wilson humor, which I know that you're not as per- much of a fan of. I um, think she fits in certain areas better than others, and I'm not sure this is it, but <laughs> yeah, I, but I don't I, dislike her. There is a lot of goofy Rebel Wilson humor, which I tend to like, but in addition to that, there is... Really good conning. Anne Hathaway is like very campy, um, and but like really selling it. She looks so amazing, and I mean like the fashion in this movie. Like Anne Hathaway is living her best life in this movie, <laughs> and it's just good. It's I was truly delighted the entire time, um, and so. If you're expecting like a sleek Ocean's Eleven, uh, it's not going to be that. But it is like so solid, and I'm really excited that we have like a really good con artist movie coming out this summer that yeah. like I'm going to watch several times. Yeah. So this is a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yes. Um, which I haven't it, seen actually, and I need oh to. really okay. I, well, I was gonna ask you about that. So well, never mind then. Um, well, what were you but gonna ask me? I, I was gonna say Anne Hathaway is basically in the Michael Caine role, and I feel like she can do that role really well. Whereas Rebel Wilson is in the Steve Martin role, um, which I feel like has to be very uh, on point for it to work. <laughs> but you, you, you said like she works in this movie. I feel like she's always yeah. over the top and always. No, um, she works in this movie. Like she's okay. still over the top, but it really yes. works. I okay. promise that it works. All right. Um, I don't know that you'll like this movie as much as I liked this movie. I probably won't. But <laughs> no, but I think, but it's definitely worth seeing, and I think good. you'll like it. Good. Sounds yeah. good. 
Well, based on the trailer, it looks like an exact remake of Dirty Rotten, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. So I am curious to see what you think of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I'll love it. Um, I just need to make time to see it. Yeah. So, yes, I'm here to here to spread the good news. The All hustle right. is good. I'm happy about that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Are you ready, Lucas, to talk about some Pokemon? I am as ready as I'll ever be to talk about some Pokemon. <laughs> okay, let's move on and talk about the new film, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. What is your history with the with Pokemon? My only interaction with Pokemon over the last ever is as a kid, I played the Nintendo 64 version of Super Smash Brothers. After that, jumping to 2016, I played po- the Pokemon Go app for a month or two. That is it. So in the Pokemon Go app, you learn no history, no stories, and you don't even really have to learn the Pokemon's name. You're just going around catching Pokemon. Right. And evolving them i guess i don't think i ever got far enough to do anything like that um and then i know the two there are the three pokemon from uh n64 which are jigglypuff pikachu and kirby gotcha so okay so so pretty limited Um, i just looked it up kirby's not even a pokemon so there you go great (laughs) (laughs) i was wondering um (laughs) so my experiences is i would say also pretty limited but you know a little more extensive than yours um I, as a kid, my brother and cousin were very into Pokemon. So, like, I was in it um, by proxy. And I collected some cards. I watched some of the TV show. I really liked the Pokemon movie that came out when we were kids. Mostly because it had a killer soundtrack. A soundtrack that I would listen to constantly. Um, But... It was one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is fun for me to participate in, but I'm not obsessed. I'm not memorizing Pokemon stats. I know some of the main big Pokemon, but I don't know, like, I couldn't recite the whole list like some of the kids. So I have familiarity with the world and and the creatures, but, you know, not an uh, in-depth knowledge. So... Going into this movie, um, I was really excited for it because I thought the trailer was really fantastic, and I loved the way the trailer was making all the Pokemon look. I thought the the look of all the creatures was really exciting, um, and that's something from watching all the animated movies is I, I rewatched the trailer for the Pokemon movie that I saw as a kid recently on YouTube because I remember really liking it and thinking like, oh, this, this movie was probably pretty good. And I watched the trailer and I was like, ooh, this looks awful as an adult. Like, (laughs) this animation is bad. This doesn't look like it's a real movie. Like, I was not impressed. So it was exciting to me that we were getting a movie that had, like, a lot of, like, artistry put into the the creation of the Pokemon themselves. So I want to start with you, Lucas. Now that we've both seen this movie... What did you think of Detective Pikachu? As a movie, I thought there were some fun elements to it. 
overall, I don't think it was that good and I didn't love it. I think there are pieces of it that I really did enjoy. Um, but I think I am also skeptical of my, my own opinion of it because I'm not <laughs> well-versed in Pokemon at all. Um, I feel like someone who knows Pokemon really well is going to get a lot out of it. And to me, it just kind of felt like a pretty basic kids movie. I am right there with you. This movie, when I was watching it, I was like, wow, I don't like this. This is not good. <laughs> yeah. And I really left the theater with the conclusion that this is a children's movie. Like, yes. there are movies that are geared toward kids, but that are still great films that adults can enjoy, like the Pixar films, for instance. Um, mm -hmm. But this is a movie that I think oh, is it, really just for kids. Like... Yeah. Kids can see past, I think, the plot issues and the writing issues and the character issues and all those things because they're just happy to be there. Um, I was not happy to be there. I <laughs> the, the one aspect of this film that I will stand by that I think is incredibly well done is visually I'm on board mm -hmm. with everything. Oh, yeah. Everything visual in this movie, I was so excited about. The yeah. look of the characters, the way the city looks, the 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 landscapes, the, the color. lighting, yeah, the yeah. lighting. I mean, there's a lot of night scenes where you're in this city and it's very like noir, like yes. dark with this neon. Like it, it looks beautiful. The costuming, I'm like, mm -hmm. I am on yeah. board with everything. Like it was a visual feast. Um, and then everything else I have issues with. <laughs> yeah, the story itself, I think, makes absolutely no sense and is quite bad. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think some of the performances are ridiculously all over the place. Like, yeah. I, do, I think I, it feels like the director was telling each character to act in like they were in a different movie. Yeah. Um, Justice Smith, who I like Justice Smith. Same. I think he's in a completely different movie uh, than, than Catherine Newton, who... Uh, places uh, what is whack? It's it's like the number two person in this movie, I guess. Besides uh, Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu, I don't know yeah. uh, what is what is uh, co-star. That's that's what oh co-star. Like, co I was like, uh, co I was like yeah. she's a reporter. She's, she's a yeah, no. <laughs> love interest. She's a yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like she's in like a fun, campy, like noir movie, and he's in like but a she's serious like in a, drama. Like a, noir satire almost like they're yeah, making yeah. fun of noir and absolutely like when she first shows up like the way she's acting is like this is a joke this is a complete right. joke we're making fun of this entirely and he is very much in a drama <laughs> so yeah it, it there and there's plenty of other characters that i also think are in different movies mm -hmm. and and Ryan Reynolds um, just thinks he's in Deadpool, which right. I, I'm fine with. He was Here's very funny thing. in this movie. Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> other than the visuals, may be the best part of this movie. Agreed. Uh, and and I'm not always on board with the Ryan Reynolds shtick. So, like, that's saying something. Yeah. Um, I think it works really well here as him as this peak, peak, I almost said Pikamon, this Pikachu <laughs> character who um, he's lost his memory. He doesn't know much. He's teaming up with Justice Smith. Um uh, and they're on this detective thing. He's not much of a detective overall, I don't think. No. <laughs> um, but they have a lot of fun. To, I mean, or I guess I had a lot of fun watching them together. Yeah. Um, this movie is, I think, supposed to be very funny. And I didn't find it that funny. There was like, there was 
three moments in this film where I laughed out loud. Two of them were really good jokes that I'll I'll mention in spoilers. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like a plot development that I just couldn't believe they were doing. <laughs> that I laughed so loud because I couldn't believe they were doing it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And, and I also want to say, for a movie that has so much exposition, like every single... Oh line of dialogue seemed to be exposition. <laughs> it was still so confusing. Like, yes. Yeah. N- so con- confusing. This movie, nothing made sense. And I was like, how am I left with all these questions when it felt like everything anyone ever said was just to explain the world and the plot. Yeah. Uh, there's also way more flashbacks than I thought. It's, I, I think that what they thought is, well, since we're going to explain literally everything, we might as well also show you something. So literally every time they do that, it's like, oh, we'll flash back and watch it. And it doesn't and make then, it better. And it, while <laughs> we're flashing it back, we'll also explain it. Like, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're doing both at once, which is the worst. <laughs> we'll explain it and then flash back and then explain it again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I and and it's a bummer because like I wanted this movie to be great, you know. Like it seemed really fun. Like it mm-hmm. seemed like it would be a really fun time. Um, and I don't doubt that like if I was a kid, I would have left this theater thinking that it was a blast. So like mm-hmm. because again, visually, it's really exciting. Um, so I'm happy that this movie exists for ch- for children. Um, but I I won't be recommending it to anyone. Yeah. Yeah, um, no. I think one one thing that I did have fun with, just real quick. Yeah. Um, one one thing that I did like is how they kind of uh, show the different iterations of of some of the Pokemon. Um, just I, I I know there's evolution, like they evolve. Yeah. Um, and so you get to see some of the different, I guess, version. I don't even know what they're called. Versions of the characters. Evolutions. Yeah. Evolutions of the characters. Um, you also get to see. I, th- I think I think the f- there are fun Pokemon characters that they use here um, that are really interesting. I don't know them, and I don't know what they normally do, but they were fun in this movie. The um, there's a Psyduck in here who is fun. I think um, what's the fire dr- the dragon guy like a Charizard. Charizard, yep. Yeah. I, th- I think I think yeah. I think they use some of these in very fun ways, but I think overall. I don't understand what these characters do, and they don't do a lot of explaining there. I don't so think I need you, to be handheld because I feel like most of the world does understand more what do characters you, do. Did you want more explaining or no? I think I needed a little bit more just to understand some of the. I think some of the plot elements, um, but I think I think you can get away with just going in and being like, "All right, this is, these are what these characters are doing." But I think, right. as, from my understanding, Pokemon the game is very much based on uh, battles, which yes. I don't understand completely the rules for, but that's not really in this movie very right. much. Right, <laughs> and and this movie makes it clear that like that's not what this movie is about. Right, you know, like right. They, they they outright say that. Yeah, um, yeah. I wanted so much less exposition. Um, I felt like this movie was constantly trying to explain the things that Pokemon could do, but all these characters should already know all those things. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they were explaining it to the audience. It seemed like they were just explaining things that like we as the audience already got, like it wasn't stuff that we needed to know. Or like we could have figured it out. Like you didn't need to explain it first. And yes, it, 
I just kept thinking of like Star Wars while watching this movie about yeah. how like when you're watching the first Star Wars, you're just thrust into this world with mm-hmm. different types of species and creatures and landscapes and planets yeah. and and they don't really do much explaining of what everything is. Like we don't need a whole force to, backstory. <laughs> like what the force like is and why every, it's there. Per, every different species you meet, like someone yeah. goes, "Okay, now this is a this and there this is their their powers and their capabilities and their genealogy and like we don't mm-hmm. I don't need any of that info." Like No, yeah. I enjoy in Star Wars just being a part of the world and then like you learn as you exist in it just like if you were to go to a different country like you would just learn about things like as you come across them um in this movie it felt like we're thrusting you into this whole new world so we're gonna explain every aspect of it Mm -hmm. to you yeah and i definitely didn't want them to do that i just feel like there are different powers that the pokemon have that end up being important plot points that I think would be important to know in advance that they have those powers. Um, or it could just be bad writing that they that they don't have those powers normally and that this is just movie <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So I think we'll get into more of that in spoilers as to what those things are. But Sure. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's go into spoilers. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No. Crack and gas. Spoilers. Remember you wanted this okay can i start by saying the times that i did laugh that i want to like yes positive yes. tell me the good stuff this movie. okay there's one joke that ryan reynolds has where he's where you know justice smith like doesn't want to carry him and ryan reynolds yeah. is like fine well i guess i'll have a million steps today like my gra- my lungs are the size of grapes. Like he's yes. making a joke. About, I'm so tiny. Your strides are so big. Like yeah, you have to carry me. That made me laugh. Um, then the big I think great moment in this film is Ryan Reynolds sad singing the Pokemon theme song. <laughs> I laughed so hard during that. I think it's so funny. It's put in a gr- it's put in a great spot in the movie. Yes. Like, a plus moment. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I will say two other funny times Great. for me. Um, one funny time, I loved Mr. Mime. I thought Mr. Mime was hilarious. Okay. Um, and their interaction with him, I thought that like just the fact that they both got into it, like yeah. into the miming and everything like that, I thought was hilarious. No, I loved yeah, it. It was. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was also very dumb and ex- explainy, but I, <laughs> yeah. Um, the other part was Psyduck. I, I thought Psyduck was very funny. I don't know what he did. And there was this whole threat this whole time of like, he's dangerous, which he, I absolutely he like, loved. He sent like a sonic wave. I, yeah. Yes. I, at, yeah. Once he finally did it, I understood. I was like, oh, got it. This is what they're talking about. But the whole time they were just like, his head explodes. And I was like, so he dies if he gets, <laughs> <laughs> if he gets upset. I don't understand this character. But I thought he was I thought he was funny and the whole time Pikachu's just trying to calm him down, I thought was great. Yeah. Um so let's get the biggest spoiler out of the way. The oh other time I laughed out loud was when we see Ryan Reynolds, the actor, <laughs> and it's made clear that he is Justice Smith's father. Now, <sighs> I know that it is physically possible for someone of Ryan Smith's age, or Ryan Reynolds' age, to be Justice Smith's father, and but I don't buy it. Like as a viewer, the idea that Ryan Reynolds 
is the eight is old enough to be a twenty one year old's father. Yeah. Is I don't buy it. And they like and they don't really like try and age him up at all. Nope. He looks like a just a very cool Ryan Reynolds. Like they give him a, they give him a little bit of a salt and pepper, I think that he, that may naturally be there, but he doesn't always wear it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to it's buy. Like... Now, it's also I think telegraphed throughout the movie that 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 that's who he is. Like now, that he's his I dad. I will say I was. It, it it surprised me. I didn't. Oh, did it? See it okay. Coming. No. Okay. And even when even when. Mewtwo is like, your father was Pikachu the whole time. Like he's he's like telling us. Even yeah. then, I think, oh, it's not gonna be Ryan Reynolds though. It's gonna be like some other white guy because we knew he was white. Like that was something we already knew. Um, Did we though? Yes. There's like one of the flashbacks where he's like, my mom when his mom was dying. Where you see his dad, and you just see that it's like you don't see the face, but you see that it's a white guy. Okay, I didn't know if they, I didn't, I didn't remember which ones they hid whether he was white or not, because yeah. there were a couple flashbacks where they hid what his race was. Right, right. No, there's one where you see that he's white. Um, so I was like, I was expecting to be some other white guy, but like the voice of Pikachu is Ryan Reynolds, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. It's I, yeah. So when, I, when I, there saw were a couple Ryan Reynolds on screen, Lucas. I, I mean, I laughed so, like, out loud in the theater so hard. Like, I couldn't believe they were doing that. It's very dumb. It's very dumb. Oh. Um, one, there were too many flashbacks. And so during those very boring flashbacks, yes. I had time to sit and think about, okay, why are they not showing us his dad's face? Like, there's no, yeah. absolutely no reason for us to not see his dad's face unless it's important and so it's like all right there's he's definitely white yeah there's like three character three white characters in this movie that it could be it's yeah. definitely not bill nye <laughs> right <laughs> um and it's it can't be bill Chris nye's Gere. son yeah. so it's gotta be the one white guy who is you know who we haven't actually seen in this movie so yeah. it's ryan reynolds yeah. so the whole movie i was like yeah he's just talking to his dad the whole time right no i didn't get that um yeah and for anyone who's curious Ryan Reynolds um, is 42, so he would have had to have been 21 um, to when his son was born for just for for it to make sense for him to be the father of a 21 year old. Yeah. Um, which there are you know there are 21 year old men that you know have kids. It's not impossible, but that's cutting it close and. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a stretch. And he also doesn't seem like a dad, like no, in any way, shape or not form. Not a dad of an adult. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he and here's the other thing that's really interesting, because I it really I was really hung up on this. There's a movie, a rom-com he did called Definitely Maybe, where he yes. played Abigail Breslin's yes. dad. Um, Love that movie. Yes. <laughs> and Abigail Breslin is now an adult. So like. Somehow it worked in that movie. Ryan Reynolds, like, as yeah. a father of, like, a, a young kid. Yeah. But in this I think, movie... I think because you get to build that relationship and you get to see him act like a father, in this one he sure. acts like like a best friend, like, yeah. <laughs> through this person the whole time, and then he shows up and he's like, actually, I'm your dad. Well, and it's and like, there's no the way. There's no that, way. Like... Ryan Reynolds, the actor, does not give off a fatherly vibe. Like, we don't... Like, when I think of, like, his abilities and, like, what, you, what you're casting Ryan Reynolds for, I would never... Like, father type is never 
coming to mind. <laughs> Ever. No. I think he does a good job in Definitely Maybe as a, as a father. Right. I think, I think that's, that's a fun dynamic. But part of the charm but. of that is that he's, like, not like your typical dad. That he's Correct. like That he's not, like, a gruff or a lame or a boring dad. He's, like, a cool dad that's, like, telling yeah. his seven-year-old about all the sex he had. Like, yes, yes. It, but in, like, not a creepy way, but, like, in a fun, <laughs> charming way. <laughs> like, that's what, but that's, like, that's why that character is, like, fun. It's yeah. Because he's not, like, your, re- your regular dad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, so, we can move on from this. Yeah. So how he got there, Mewtwo. Ugh, does it make just, any sense? For me to clear this up, Mewtwo, he gets in a car wreck. Mewtwo takes his consciousness, puts it inside of Pikachu. Yes. Wipes Pikachu, wipes his mind so that he doesn't remember anything that happened before and then takes his body. No. So he doesn't take his body. So as we see in that big scene at the end where... Bill Nighy Mewtwo is like zapping all the people, right? Yeah. When he put when Mewtwo puts a person inside a Pokemon, their human body is disappears. disappears. Okay, that's yeah. that, that's right. And yeah. then it reappears when they get separated. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. So okay, so yes. he wasn't hiding the body. The body was in Pikachu the whole time, or like yeah. in an ether, but it, whatever. Yes. It makes. But no it didn't sense. seem like everybody else forgot. Their history. Well, because he didn't wipe their memories. Why so, did like, he wipe his memory? It makes that, absolutely no sense. It makes no sense. He doesn't explain it at all why yeah. he wipes his memories. It's only so that he doesn't know that this is his son throughout yes. the whole movie. It's just it's to make like, this. I think there is some line that tries to explain it. That's something about like, but it doesn't make sense. So I can't even remember it clearly. Yeah. But it's yeah. something about like Mewtwo doesn't trust humanity, but he trusts this Pikachu and this Pikachu loves this person. So he's like, I'll save this person for you, but I won't let him remember anything because I still don't know if I can trust humanity yet. I think that's essentially the reasoning. It is ridiculous. It's so, it doesn't make sense. Okay, here's the other things. There's other things that don't make sense. Um, it, It doesn't make sense why... Uh, this movie like takes you in all these directions that you think it's going to go. And then it's like, never mind. We do- that's not the direction we're going in. Like I thought there was going to be some big like Zootopia reveal. Yes. Like, same. No, like the chemical R was going to like make all these Pokemon like go like become very violent. Yeah. And so everyone was going to like turn their backs on their Pokemon. Right. And then that was it all sets up this whole time. I'm like, yes, this is going to be like Zootopia. Like this is just a worse version of Zootopia. And then they don't even go that direction, even though they've set it all up. Yeah. And it's like, I guess you could count that as like a twist, but it wasn't a satisfying (laughs) one. Um, The one reveal that twist that I think I did appreciate, but I, I like it because I like this actor, but I don't know that it, I like it for the story. I like that <laughs> we just assume Chris Gear is the villain because yes. he's so douchey looking. Yes, yes. Um, and then it turns out like he was a good guy all along. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, Chris Gear plays like this the son of Bill Nighy, the CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't love the message that like the CEO is actually just a good nice guy that like <laughs> I don't know like who's also an asshole. Like. <laughs> yeah. And and the Bill Nighy thing, there were so many things where it was like, that doesn't really feel like it makes sense. Like, first of all, when he's faking us out, where he's like, I'm a good guy and I want you to help me, you know, and mm-hmm. 
they're like, why don't you stop your son or grandson or whoever it is? And he's like, oh, ever since I've been in this wheelchair, I, I he's taken <laughs> over the company. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, no. <laughs> what? Like, are you locked in this room? I don't understand. Right, like, like, you what? seem to have like a lot of access and money and power and like yeah. you have an assistant that like seems to be able to run errands for you. And and like the wheelchair doesn't really prevent you from running the company. It seems like you seem yeah. like your mind is all there. Like you're not like yeah. frail and in bed and tired. Like. I don't understand, like, what that would have anything to do with it. And yeah. so, like, that doesn't make much sense. And then, and then when he, like, uh, we, he turns into a villain in an instant. Like, mm-hmm. all we know about this character beforehand is that he created this utopia that he, like, seems to respect Pokemon so much, you know? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we find out he's a villain that's been, like, testing pokemon and mistreating them and wants to like but not the whole time like it's not like this has been his thing from the beginning it's like he made this awesome utopia he loves pokemon and then just recently he started becoming a maniac and like killing them (laughs) And, and he wants to evolve and like become into a Pokemon because Which none he, of like, that made any sense because he because Pokemon can evolve and he's like the human body is limited. But I want to evolve, right? But then he's like forcing the entire population to like yeah. for what reason? He's, like, he's like guys, I figured it out. I'm now you're all gonna do this. Doesn't matter what you want. You're doing this. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Um, okay, here's another thing that made I could not for the life of me, even when they were doing so much exposition, couldn't figure out. So. Ryan Reynolds, when he was a cop, was working for Bill Nighy in finding Mewtwo in the jungle somewhere. Right, exactly. And so he he went on his normal cop duties, you know, as they are, went and found a Mewtwo <laughs> but, but, and gave but, him to Bill Nighy. But it seems like my understanding from this movie is that he's a cop. He's like a regular cop. Yeah, just a regular old cop. Right. And like detective. And then Bill Nighy, on a side thing, was like, hey, you're a good cop. I have a job for you. Not like you're as a good a cop. cop. Come find this this Pokemon for me because that's what you're, you're going to be good at. Like, <laughs> and, like, bring him to this, like, seek this villainous test facility, you know? And so then yeah. it seems like Ryan Reynolds has a change of heart, right? <laughs> and then wants to, like, escape, like, leave and maybe go tell someone, it seems like. Yeah. Um, so... It's like, so was Ryan Reynolds, like, kind of a bad guy that, like, tried yeah, to redeem himself? It seems really like he was a corrupt that. cop that changed his mind. And we don't really touch on that very much. Like, No, not at all. <laughs> that, that he helped out the villains. Yeah. And it really is confounding. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, every scene where they were like, this Pokemon does all these things. And this is how this Pokemon works. For me... It was so much exposition. I don't mind exposition for the audience because we need it. But you've got to find better ways to work it in. Because the whole point of the Justice Smith character was that when he was a kid, he was obsessed with Pokemon, right? Yeah, and he so, wanted to be a Pokemon trainer. Right. And so like, I thought, again, I thought they were going to touch on that more. But so like, it was just like, nope. <laughs> sometimes things are getting explained to him. And it's like, yeah. he doesn't need this explained to him. He knows all this already. He should know all this. And then sometimes he's doing the explaining because he seems to know all that. It was just, like, it yeah. wasn't consistent. Here's yeah. another thing that doesn't make any sense to me. Or, like, 
wasn't compelling, I should say. The reason that Justice Smith didn't like his dad and wasn't close to his dad. My understanding is that his <laughs> when he was a little kid, his mom died, okay? And him and his dad were both grieving. And his dad was taking it hard, so he went to go live with his grandma for a little bit. And so then Justice Smith didn't want to see his dad again, like, as a kid, like, after his dad was, like, ready to see his kid again. His dad wanted to move to the city, and Justice Smith didn't want to. Right. And so they just never spoke again? Yeah, they just never saw each other again from, like, it's been, like, what, ten over ten years? Yeah. It's it's the weirdest breakup ever. It didn't seem like he had to go on that long of a journey to get to the city. And it seems like Ryan Reynolds could have visited his son. Like it just seemed the whole I wasn't bought into this emotional storyline. Oh, yeah. I kept waiting for that to also be a twist because I was like, oh, you're a 21 year old kid who hasn't seen your dad in 10 years. I wonder what emotional drama happened there. Right. Oh, nothing. Oh, okay. Cool. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And 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 that really was supposed to be the heart of the film. Like yeah. <laughs> that these this father and this son grew apart and they both regret it and they both want to be back with each other but you know they can't, yeah. they can't now. And then, It's supposed to be them reconciling. Right. But there's nothing to reconcile. And then at the end, they, they finally get to be back together except like I wasn't emotionally invested in any point of that. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Then his co-star what's her name Catherine something (laughs) yeah this character did not work for me Mm -mm. I think it was obnoxious it was in a different movie she belonged in a different movie completely different movie she's in Who Framed Roger Rabbit is what she's doing she was like supposed to be kind of competent but then she also wasn't it uh, there I just I can't believe how many things didn't work at the end I realized that they're trying to give her a character arc by, like, becoming a better reporter. Right. But even that fell through, so there was no character arc for her. <laughs> so. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't good. But visually. Visually? It was great. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> if I you love, like looking at Pokemon. I, I thought all the Pokemon looked incredible. I thought they mm-hmm. looked the perfect balance of, like, surreal and realistic. Um. Yep. I think all their powers were, like, used in great ways and, like, exciting, interesting ways. I love the way that they were, like, woven into the city, you know, mm-hmm. that... The, the montage where he enters the city and you just see all the Pokemon, like, just being a part of the city yeah. is great. It's is a lot of fun beautiful. to see. It's, like, the scenes where um, he's in that, like forest and there's all those like mushroom pokemon Mm -hmm. it's like beautiful to look at um seeing pokemon like at night where like they're walking down like streets with like there's all this like street food and like pokemon Mm -hmm. are like all bustling about and like there's a a little charmander whose tail is like lighting a grill just like little things like that super cool Mm -hmm. um yeah uh, one thing I will say is like the the battle scene that they ended up having. I wish it was like a little grimier. Like I know it's still a kids movie, but I feel yeah. like even as a kid, I watched movies where you would have that kind of scene, and they let it be a little bit scarier. You know, like ooh, this yeah. is like a rough and tumble illegal activity. Um, 
And the, I don't think the scene made it seem illicit enough because <laughs> because like they, they have a throwaway line. Like, I thought they don't do battles here in Rhyme City. And they're like, well, they're not supposed to. And it's like, okay, we get that this is illegal, but it doesn't feel illegal. Everything feels very casual. You know, like the... It feels very casual. Yeah. yeah it doesn't feel like, oh... If, if the cops come in, we're all in trouble. Like, it didn't feel that way, and it didn't yeah. feel dangerous at all. Like, it didn't yeah. feel like, oh, I'm running into, like, I'm I'm bumping shoulders with, like, some seedy, scary types, you know? Right. Um, so that could have used a little bit more um, seediness to me. But, like, again, having the Pokemon, like, in a battle together I think is cool. I wish we could have gotten a, a little bit more of that. Because I think that's what a lot of the world is like familiar with is like Pokemon battling each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just a little bit dumbfounded. I yep. at how much this movie left me wanting. <laughs> so overall, beautiful movie, I would say. Yeah, visually not a good movie. Beautiful, not a good movie. I would yep. show this movie to kids if I was babysitting. If I needed to take kids out for an afternoon in the summer, I think they're going to have a great time. And I don't think you're going to like, and I don't think it'll drive you crazy. Like some kids movies might, you know, like, no. yeah. I'd rather go see this than like the ugly dolls movies or whatever. Yeah, like, for sure. But I do feel with like the amount of kids movies that are going to be out this summer. Yeah. Um, every other one is probably going to be more interesting to I think there's adults. definitely going to be better ones, but I think there's also going to be worse ones. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's fine to take kids to, but if you're just an adult that like it looked interesting, don't go see this movie. No. Nah. Nah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, if you have any Detective Pikachu thoughts, if, if we were wrong about something or if, if something seemed genius to you that did, that didn't make any sense to us, please let us or know. Or if you want to explain why a Pokemon thing worked than when we think it didn't because we don't know anything about Pokemon. Right. I really don't think... Here's my... I want to say, though. I don't think that any of the problems with this movie are because of our lack of Pokemon knowledge. I don't think so either. But we also have that lack of knowledge, so we could be wrong. (laughs) And I will say that if you love Pokemon, like if you are invested in this world, you might get more out of this movie just the joy of seeing these creatures come to life. Mm -hmm. You know? Like that might be enough. And yep. and I respect that. Like there, so there are some of the Harry Potter movies that I don't think are very good. But seeing that world realized is an, is mm-hmm. almost just enough. Definitely. So I, I respect that as like a, a way to enjoy this movie. Um, but if you want to share your experience with it with us, um, you can talk to us online. Um, our podcast Twitter handle is at Feeling It Pod. Lucas, where we where can we find you online? You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. And my handle on all social media platforms is at Sandra Omstutz. My last name is spelled A M S T U T Z. And stick around to hear us talk about the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon. Okay. That's it. Go home. Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people everyone. So when Lucas and I first recorded this podcast, we forgot to include our Game of Thrones segment, our highly anticipated end of the episode Game of Thrones segment, where I ask Lucas questions about the most recent episode of Game of Thrones, because I'm a new fan, 
and Lucas is an old one. So uh, we're doing it a little bit differently this week where I'm instead going to give some of my opinions and questions I have and a little bit of a recorded segment. And Lucas is then going to just respond to them. So yeah. And just to cut in here real quick, I'm going to answer in real time. So she's not going to be able to hear any of this, but uh, you will. I have five Game of Thrones points that I wanted to bring up. And I, I, I know I have five because I don't want to forget any of them. So let's just start with number one. As a new person to the show who just jumped in with season eight, um, I didn't have a problem with any of the stuff that happened with Danny. I thought it made sense. I thought it was an exciting episode, well-directed, intense, horrifying, but like, beautifully shot and i was impressed i liked the episode a lot as a whole i agree with you i think this character arc makes sense from what we've seen over the past seven seasons but because this one is compressed i think the showrunners are painting with a bit of a broader brush than we're used to and letting us fill in some of the details which can feel a bit rushed after we've taken so much time to get to know these characters um, especially characters like danny so no problems with danny and her arc so far um number two as a fan of Cersei from all the YouTube videos I've watched, I was disappointed that her death seemed to be a little bit um, downplayed. I like that she and da- Jamie died together. I thought that was like really special and cool. But the fact that they just had this death where they crumbled underneath a castle um, just didn't seem monumental enough to me. Totally agree. I wasn't super interested in her getting like a big execution um, or Arya murdering her or any of that. But the fact that she didn't have much to do this episode besides stand around and then get crushed, I think is pretty anticlimactic. Uh, Even if they'd written it that Jamie couldn't make it out due to his wounds or something and she decided to stay and be crushed with him would have worked better. She just made zero active choices. So number three. I am concerned about the fact that because the two of them just crumbled underneath the castle, how are people supposed to know if they are for sure dead or not? Like, how is Danny supposed to know that she definitely killed Cersei? Or how is Tyrion supposed to know whether Cersei and Jaime escaped or died? Like, is this going to be just a mystery for everyone else? Or is there going to be some sort of confirmation? I'm very curious. Again, we're in abbreviated storytelling here. So either they'll magically find their bodies in the rubble or uh, that will happen off screen and everyone will just mention that they're dead. Or, surprise twist, they're not dead at all. Just kidding, they're definitely dead. They better be dead. Number four. Um, I'm going to be so pissed if at the end of this season, at the end of next week's episode, Jon Snow ends up on the throne. I'm going to be furious. He, he seems like a very, very dumb character, kind and good, but dumb. And he doesn't deserve to rule. He doesn't want to rule. He doesn't deserve to. And I'm going to be really angry if that's how the show ends. Um, I'm a big Sansa fan. Obviously, I think she should be on the throne or no one should. So that's my opinion on that. And number five. No, hang on. John will not end up on the throne. He's a lovable idiot. <laughs> He's never won a battle without a deus ex machina. He's not a great strategist, and most of all, he doesn't want it. So 
This show has set up from the beginning that people who want to do the right thing do not end up on the Iron Throne. He's kind of following in his father's, oh, I guess it's uncle. Uh, he's following in Ned Stark's footsteps. Hopefully John will finally get to go back to the North with Tormund and die in the snow with his dog like he wanted to since he was brought back to life. And number five, I'm also going to be really mad if we make it through this entire season and not once does Arya like shapeshift with her faces. That is such a rad power and it hasn't been used at all. And I want the big moment where we think someone else is coming up and then Arya reveals herself and we all lose our minds. If that doesn't happen, I'm going to be bummed. Listen, here's the deal. This is just a theory, but I think it would be cool if she used the mask of one of Danny's closest dead advisors like Jorah or Masande, sort of like a ghost of Christmas past type situation. Um, so she tells her all about how she could have been a good queen and she was supposed to be the breaker of chains and that the people used to call her mother and now the people are burning in the streets and she kills her. Uh, I think that's a good way to wrap it up. So those are all of my Game of Thrones opinions and thoughts. I'm also going to end this recording uh, with a few more Detective Pikachu thoughts that came to my mind after we finished recording. Ugh. I'll be fast. I only have three. Number one, Bill Nighy does not seem to be a very smart villain in this movie. There's a lot of things that he does that I don't make any sense to me. Like, he calls in Justice Smith and Pikachu to be like, you know, you need to find your dad. He's not dead because he's because Bill Nye, he's trying to find the Mewtwo, which, OK, I get that. But so he sends them on like this journey and they find the lab. Right. But then he obviously also attacks them while they're in the lab. And um, he sends like his evil ditto version of his son or grandson to go like attack them. Right. So why attack the people that are doing your dirty work for you? Like, what did that do for you? Like, how did that help in any way? I, it didn't make any sense. I, I, I was all very confusing. Um, number two is also dealing with Bill Nighy. I think it is a crying shame that like everyone else in his game master plan gets to live inside their chosen Pokemon, but he has to live in a Mewtwo and doesn't get to live inside his Ditto, which is obviously the coolest of all the Pokemon. Like if I could be a Pokemon, I would definitely be a Ditto because that means you get to be every Pokemon and human. Like <laughs> it seems like a no brainer and it seems smart that he picked a Ditto to be his Pokemon, but he doesn't get to live inside a Ditto in fact, he never gets to live inside of anything beside a Mewtwo because the Mewtwo is the only thing that can turn people into Pokemon and he can't do it to himself. It just seems very tragic and also not very smart that like the only thing keeping him inside of a Mewtwo is that little headband. Like I said, it just seems like an easy thing to like remove and then your whole plan is foiled, you know? Um, so another complaint. And then I'll end this with my third and final issue, going back to Ryan Reynolds being the father of a 21-year-old. You don't hire Ryan Reynolds to be the father of a, your 21-year-old. You hire Ryan Reynolds to bang your 21-year-old. And that is why this movie deeply misunderstands him. And, oh, this is getting off the rails. Um, why this movie 
did not work for me. Okay, that's all. Lucas, please give me all your Game of Thrones thoughts, and I can't wait to hear them. Thanks. Okay, we're done. Bye.